0: Get informed. Get inspired and get connected. CannabisRadio.com presents NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice. The National Cannabis Industry Association is the only national trade organization representing the businesses of the legal cannabis industry. NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice covers a range of topics, including the rapidly evolving political and policy changes that affect our industry, news and events of importance to cannabis professionals, and features on companies individuals, and campaigns at the cutting edge of the cannabis industry. NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice begins now.
1: Hello, thanks for tuning in to another episode of NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice on Cannabis Radio. I'm your host, Bethany Moore. I'm the communications manager here at the National Cannabis Industry Association. I'm happy to introduce my guest today. Dr. John Oram, who's the CEO and founder of NUG. NUG is a vertically integrated cannabis company based in Oakland, and he holds degrees in environmental chemistry and engineering and analytical chemistry and biochemistry. Prior to founding NUG, he co-founded CW Analytical Laboratories in order to establish standardized testing and certification protocols to ensure safety and quality of medical cannabis. Well, thanks for doing all that work, Dr. John. It's good to have you on the show.
2: Thank you. It's a pleasure to be here.
1: Great. So let's learn a little bit more about you, in addition to all of your higher education degrees. Um, Mm -hmm. Tell us more about your background and your experience prior to getting involved in the cannabis industry.
2: Sure. Yeah. Well, I am a PhD environmental chemist and engineer. I spent my research years and even postgraduate years looking at, uh, the, the transport and the fate of pesticides in the natural environment. So I looked at how pesticides that are applied on agricultural fields, how they move through, uh, river systems and Delta systems, and ultimately end up in the fish we eat or on the beaches, um, so yes, and and all of that had a human health kind of background, so we were li- really interested in what are the impacts of pesticides on human health. Um, I think that I think all of that background set me up pretty well to understand the same sort of implications uh, in the cannabis industry.
1: yeah, absolutely. I think pesticides are a concern for everyone in the cannabis industry, particularly when you want the cannabis medicine to make people feel better and uh, pesticides could certainly get in the way of that Um, so yeah so it makes sense that you would launch an analytical laboratory which is a very important component of the life cycle of the cannabis plant uh, to make sure as I said that everything's clean for the consumer Um, so what was your reason
2: for jumping into the cannabis industry? Well, one, it was exciting, uh, you know, and I think that's probably a a good reason for a a lot of people who enter the cannabis industry. You know, we want want to be entrepreneurial and, and we want to pick an exciting field and cannabis certainly offers that. Uh, but m- more specifically i was working with a a, a friend and colleague who op- was operating one of the first legal dispensaries in the state of california and this was back in the early 2000s mm-hmm. and uh, was talking to him about his needs for products and helping him find products and it came pretty it became pretty evident to me that uh, there was no real standardized quality control around cannabis products. So I began to research and really think about that problem. Uh, I ended up meeting, uh, uh, joining forces with another PhD microbiologist, a guy by the name of Dr. Uh, Robert Martin. He is actually the, still the, the director over at CW Analytical. And in 2008, he and I came together and we we incorporated. We formed CW Analytical Laboratories. And we started developing just, uh, you know, basically out of our garage, uh, we started developing scientific methods to analyze cannabis products because at the time really none existed. There was very, very few, uh, you know, research papers that were published, some internationally, but certainly none in the States. So we really had to... Start this from the ground up. Uh, luckily, we we you know my chemistry background and his biology background. It did it, it gave the solid solid footing that we needed in order to develop very rigorous scientific methods. And by the way, those methods are still in in use today by you know a large majority of the laboratories out there
1: oh that's great yeah and and we've made such great advancements since the early 2000s I think in in cannabis testing and what we're testing for and why uh, and NCI's policy council actually if I could mention quickly um, last year put a paper out on cannabis testing policy with recommendations for, Thoughtful and consistent regulations, uh, and that's available on NCIA's website, thecannabisindustry.org/slash/reports. So that might be a useful resource for anybody in the cannabis testing arena to check out. Um, yeah. So thanks for sharing more about your background. Um, so obviously, it's it's exciting, and and you wanted to um, make cannabis testing better and, and serve the cannabis industry thoughtfully. Um, so CW Analytical Laboratories did that. And now uh, you're CEO and founder of a new company, Nug, who's making edibles and smokable products in California. So tell me a bit more about Nug and your role and what the company is mm-hmm. up to.
2: Sure. Yeah. So I I founded NUG. Uh, I guess it's been about six years ago now. And uh, what really this was an offshoot from the laboratory. So if I just back up a second, I I was working in the laboratory and I was looking at uh, at products uh, coming through the lab and I was giving advice on how to make quality products. And you know it just occurred to me that I can I can do this myself. Uh, so and. and I, I chose to spin out of the laboratory, so I did leave CW Analytical Laboratory. I don't have any sort of management or oversight com, uh, capacity there at all any any longer. Uh, and I started NUG, and with NUG we are, and this was always my goal, and I'm very happy that we are achieving this, we are a vertically integrated cannabis company. And what that means is we control the process all the way from from cultivation, so we plant the plants, we grow the plants, we harvest the plants, we then extract the active ingredients out of plants, and we manufacture Uh, you know, manufactured cannabis goods. And then we distribute those products both on a wholesale level where we're in close to 80% of the uh, stores within, in, in California, we have our nug branded products on those shelves. And also we are just next week, we are opening our very first retail establishment in Sacramento. So that will cap our vertical. We, again, we control the process all the way seed to sale. And that's both at the wholesale sale level and now at the retail level.
1: Wow, that is a lot of touch points. And I, I think that there's probably pros and cons to having so much control over the entire life cycle. Um, but ultimately, you know exactly what's going into your products. And there's a peace of mind aspect to that, I assume, and a, and a pride of the products that come out knowing that. Is that is that right?
2: Ab- absolutely, yes. You know, there's there's two reasons to 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 be vertically integrated. And one of those reasons is sort of falling to the wayside now. Historically, you had to control the process. It was just difficult to secure inputs if you're going to make manufactured goods. It was difficult to secure inputs of high quality and reliable quality. And the pricing was all over the place. So you really needed to be able to grow your plants and use those quality plants to make a manufactured good. now that's changing. You know, there's a quite there's many many cultivators in California, and there are, uh, there's a lot of very good cultivators. So you can now go out and buy. Uh, premium flour or a fresh frozen material um, and you can rely on, on those products and, and the quality of those products and you can use those to make your manufactured goods. The other reason that I, that it's it, in order to be, the other benefit of being vertically integrated is that there's some distribu- distribution certainty there. Mm-hmm. Uh, I I'm I will never be able to open enough stores uh, so to sell all of my products, but having a few well-designed, branded stores where we can control the the interaction with the brand and the consumer experience, that just really helps build brand loyalty and and helps sell through of the products uh, on all of the shelves that we're on.
1: Yeah, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Um, So Mm -hmm. how, how are you liking California's transition into adult use versus medical
2: well, it's, <laughs> it's been challenging. I'll be very honest about that. And, uh, you know, California trying to do the right thing. But, uh, you know, they, the, the, the patchwork of reg- regulations, it just doesn't make it easy for any operating business. Um, and and, you know taxes and and lack of enforcement on the black market it's it's uh, it is very challenging in California if I can I'll just give you you know one statistic that I think you know rings true and really helps set the picture in 2017 Uh, December of 2017, so that was before California's adult use regulations went into effect, there was just over, well, approximately 2,500 retail dispensaries across the state. If you jump into January 1st of 2018, that number shrunk overnight to less than 300. Mm -hmm. So the the pipeline by which uh, products get to the consumer constricted overnight, and that's just been uh, just devastating to the industry
1: yeah yeah we're gonna get through it we're all in this together (laughs) all right that's right all right let's take a quick commercial break and then we'll come back and talk more with dr john oram of
0: nug stay tuned ncia's cannabis industry voice will return once we give a voice to our sponsors the
3: National Cannabis Industry Association presents the Seed to Sale Show, February 12th and 13th in Boston. Register now at seedtosaleshow.com or dial 888-409-4418. Use code Radio 15 spelled as one word with capital letters, for 15% off of registration. NCIA Seed to Sales Show will host over 3,000 cannabis professionals and focus on innovations in technology and cultivation, infused products and extraction, and sales strategies. The show will recognize the best in the industry with the NCIA Industry Excellence Awards. Plan your experience now for the 2019 NCIA Seed to Sales Show in Boston, February 12th and 13th. Go now to to SeedToSellShow.com or call 1-888-409-4418. Now available for pre-order through crowdfunding for just $14 plus $10 shipping. Pouches, premium mixing and rolling pouches allow you to carry and prepare your herbs for consumption with discretion and ease.
2: The 2019 United States Cannabis Conference and Expo returns back to downtown Miami, August 2nd and 3rd at the Hyatt Regency. Learn more on sponsorship and expo floor opportunities at usccexpo.com. Don't miss out on another jam-packed weekend of education, speed networking, powerful keynotes, a bustling expo hall, plus our can't-miss networking mega-yacht event. Join us in Miami, August 2nd and 3rd, for the 2019 United States Cannabis Conference and Expo. Don't miss the boat. Log on to usccexpo.com and learn more today.
0: Get informed, get inspired, and get connected with more of NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice, only on CannabisRadio.com.
1: All right, we're back on NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice on Cannabis Radio, and we are speaking with Dr. John Oram of NUG, based in Oakland, California. So, Dr. John, I hope you don't mind me calling you Dr. John, uh, as, yeah. a, as a veteran to the cannabis industry since the early 2000s, you've seen a lot of victories and, as we hinted, a lot of challenges through the years for our industry as well. The big ones are access to banking and unfair tax burdens, not to mention all the regulatory challenges that are changing as far Fast as airline flights. So, what mm-hmm. have your experiences been around around those issues?
2: Well, you bring, you bring up the big ones. Uh, access, our lack of access to banking has been a challenge for the cannabis industry, you know, since its inception. And people have found creative ways to establish a business and, and be able to transact. Um, but the the industry is growing beyond. Those more creative ways. So we really are struggling. Uh, we really need uh, access to standardized banking, banking, and 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 uh, much broader banking services. Fortunately, there are banks coming online. Uh, there are also some services, uh, some compliance uh, organizations that sit in between the cannabis business and between the bank, and they. Provide this sort of two-way compliance, and I think I'm very optimistic that those uh, that those organizations will help uh, open banking channels for us. Um, some other issues that that you mentioned, you know, unfair tax burdens. You know, right now in California, the uh, the effective tax or the tax rate rather, the excise tax rate on cannabis goods as they enter the marketplace is 15 percent. But what people don't talk about is there's a multiplier on that. So if you're being totally honest, you need that that 15% is in actually the effective tax rate of that is 24%. So at the wholesale level when a product is brought to market, we're paying of that of that price right then and there to uh, to the state, and then that price is being or you know that burden is being passed on to the consumers at the retail level, where they're they're absorbing that 24% and then they're getting another let's say you know eight to nine percent of sales tax, and then they're getting usually a local tax could be anywhere from two to five to maybe eight percent. I mean some customers at the retail level, uh, when they they look at their receipt, they're seeing taxes close to 40%. And that's really troubling.
1: Yeah, that can be really tough. I mean, and, and as you maybe hinted earlier, it can drive customers back into a criminal market versus going to the regulated stores. Because why would you pay... You know, almost twice. I mean, you know, when when you're doing mm-hmm. the math, you're you're almost paying double for a product that you can get um, at at a at less cost on the criminal market. So it's really not helpful that that these taxes are a bit unreasonable. Uh, so hopefully we can work toward that, and of course, hopefully we can see some progress very soon from Congress on the banking issue, the Safe Banking Act is out there, and we're, our NCIA's government relations team is working super hard to get as many co-sponsors for this bill as possible and get it passed. Cannabis needs banking pretty bad, um, as you've just explained. So thanks for sharing um, some of those experiences there. Um, So even as a company like yours, you've been around for 10 years, I think our industry is still in a constant state of startup mode. People are still, even having been established for several years now, wearing many hats, trying to keep up with compliance, branding, supply chain, everything. Um, so what have you learned in, in your time that has helped you keep your head on straight with all those issues to worry
2: about? Well, uh, taking a deep breath, uh, keep, you know, keep keeping my, my, my head down and really just focusing on the fundamentals of, of my business. And, you know, that's that would be my advice for, for anybody entering the cannabis business. It's, certainly, you have to be aware of regulations. You have to be uh, uh, compliant and you have to, you know, uh, 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 factor in all the taxes to be paid. But, you know, at the end of the, the day, those are just business challenges. We just deal with those. What you really need to do is you need to be able to just push aside all the noise, keep your head down and focus on your core competence focus on your corporate strategy and uh, you know we fortunately we've we've been good at that we we do keep our head down we do have a strategy we execute on that strategy and we adapt as needed you know when the market changes we, we adapt and we try to do so quickly uh, But really, it is about just keeping the noise out of of the picture and just focusing on our internal strategy. And it's been very, it's been good for us. We've had a a good run and, uh, you know, we're very optimistic for 2019.
1: I think that's really good practical advice. Thanks for sharing that. Yeah, I think it's important to focus on the mission of your company or organization at all times, and uh, you know maybe maybe schedule some yoga in to clear your head mm. once in a while, and eat good meals and hashtag self care.
2: <laughs> that's right.
1: Um, So to get a little bit more specific, um, as you mentioned in, as mentioned in the introduction, you founded a testing lab early on, and now you're on the other side um, where you have the full perspective of both having a product to put out into the market, as well as the other side of making sure the product Test clean and accurately for retail before it even gets to the customer. Do you have any lessons there about that sort of wide ranging experience that you've had?
2: I, I sure do. Yes, and and having been on both sides of that equation, you know, I I, I do offer a unique perspective. Uh, my my first recommendation, and this is this is the you know this is all things that we live by here at, at NUG, is. Pick a lab. First interview your labs. Go out and, and find the best one you want to work with. And don't settle on price. Don't settle and definitely don't settle on speed, you know, the 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 turnaround time. Somebody's gonna offer you a 24-hour return turnaround time for a, let's say, a $10 sample. Of course I'm exaggerating, but you know, those are not realistic prices and realistic time. So keep that in mind that might not be and that likely that's not the, the lab you want to do business with you want to know your lab really get to interview them get to know them what is their process make sure they have strong science make sure they're compliant um, and then and then work with them work with them daily work with them you know call them regularly. Most most of the good labs have account representatives that will get to know the, the the businesses and will will start to understand the needs of the individual businesses. So you will you will benefit over time by picking a lab and developing a strong relationship. Uh, the you know there's there's a there's a um, a push right now in California distribution models to get the products to market as quickly as possible and they're putting a lot of the, those constraints a lot of that burden it falls onto the lab and so labs are saying you know hey we need 3 days we need 5 days whatever we need 7 days to do good science to make sure that your products are clean and that they're ready for distribution so don't push us on that but so you'll see a lot of distribution groups are going around and shopping around and trying to find the first you know the the fastest turnaround Again, that's not the right approach. What a distributor should do, and this is what we do in our distribution group, is build standing inventory, have that inventory in your distribution center and then that way it doesn't really matter how long it takes the lab. If it takes seven days, if it takes 10 days, if it takes 14 days, that's okay because you have a standing inventory in your distribution center and by which you 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 can still fulfill orders and get those products to market. So it's about understanding the product workflow, it's about fitting the timing of the individual products and the timing of getting a product to market, all of that just needs to be managed very tightly and we shouldn't be trying to rush those, those processes and we shouldn't be trying to, to, uh, to, um, to settle on the fastest and the quickest service.
1: Yeah, that's great advice. Um, It, it sounds like uh, we, we should not view the lab as the, the the enemy or or the people that are holding up our product, but but rather invest in a relationship with them, create a friendship, um, invite them to your staff happy hour, and and really create a professional friendship with your lab as opposed to um, you know seeing that lab as someone holding you up. That that's really good advice. Appreciate that. Um, mm-hmm. Well, before we go to commercial, um, any other uh,
2: advice or interesting stories that come to mind that you could share? <laughs> oh I think there's an interesting story in this in this business every day uh, again I I, 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 try, I I try to push those aside and I try to you know just focus you know again I, I and maybe you know I can always use some of my own advice and maybe I should adhere to some of these uh, a little bit more but I, I really do believe the strongest advice I can give is to is, is like you said do yoga take a breath you know this is it's it's you know, it, it's not all personal. You, you, we'll, we'll all get through this. But, you know, more importantly is, is pick your strategy. Spend time. Uh, pick the strategy that, y- you know, you want to execute on, whether that's a product or a service. Um, certainly get in touch early on with, uh, with, with your accountant and your, your legal counsel and make sure you're very well structured. And then develop your concrete strategy, your, your business plan, and follow it. If you do all of those things, keep the noise aside, keep your stress levels down, you will be successful in this business. There's a lot of opportunity in the cannabis business. There are a lot of great people. Um, most, of, most of us are entrepreneurs at heart. So, you know, we we all are sort of in the same boat. We're dealing with the same pains. Um, and you'll find that the ones with the most with the level heads are really the ones that are driving this industry forward and developing great products and great services.
1: Thanks so much for sharing that. I appreciate it. All right, let's take another commercial break, and then we'll come back and wrap up our chat with Dr.
0: John Oram of NUG. Stay tuned. NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice will return once we give a voice to our sponsors.
3: the business of cannabis should be no crime. Hemp Inc. is even hot proved by the man who run high times. Oh, yeah. Get it on Android and I and iOS today. Marijuana llama out. Got to tend to me on crap you know. Money don't make itself.
2: Hemp Inc.
0: Get informed, get inspired, and get connected with more of NCIA's cannabis industry voice only on CannabisRadio.com.
1: All right, we're back, and we are wrapping up our chat today with Dr. John Oram, the CEO and founder of NUG, based in Oakland, and formerly co-founder of CW Analytical Laboratories. Um, so you've been a member of NCIA in a couple of capacities now over the years because of your multiple companies. What is most important to you about being a member of NCIA, which has nearly 2,000 member companies across the country at
2: this point. You know, there's a a lot of uh, advocacy organizations out there, some trade groups, you know, and and they do pop up here and there. Uh, Some are local, some are statewide. But I have been just consistently impressed with NCIA. Um, the, the the activism and the lobbying and the legal work uh, at both at a local and at a national level has just been fantastic. I really do feel NCI has been the NCIa has been there for business owners from, from day one. Um, you know the the education opportunities that are there to learn about the cannabis industry, to learn about how we can help lobby and, and advance uh, you know progressive ideas around cannabis. I, I really and the conferences, uh, being able to network, being able to meet with people, having the opportunity to present new business ideas or new concepts um, it, it, at these conferences all very valuable uh, i've been just uh, endlessly impressed with ncia and 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 certainly the organization has the staying power that many of the other lobbying groups or advocacy groups don't
1: i appreciate you saying that and, and thanks for your your long-standing membership with ncia um, i'm really excited about our networking events that are happening this year we were kind of talking earlier about the need to relax and uh, and um, tune out the noise and stay focused and although we have the conferences and the cannabis caucuses we launched this new type of event series this year called industry socials Um, so they're a little bit different we're not giving the federal policy update with the powerpoint slide we have giant Jenga and giant connect four and retro arcade games in a raffle wheel. And it's still meant for industry professionals, but we, we wanted to create a, a an environment for professionals to still connect with each other, but relax a little and like maybe even have a little fun for a minute or two (laughs) in between doing business deals. So I hope people will check out both our cannabis caucus events and the super fun cousin event, the industry socials happening throughout the year in 2019. And you can get more information about that at our website www.thecannabisindustry.org slash events to see the full event calendar. And I also appreciate you mentioning lobbying. Our ninth annual Cannabis Industry Lobby Days is coming up in late May. It'll be May 21st, 22nd, and 23rd. Last year, we had between 250 and 300 NCIa members fly to Washington, D.C., go with us, go to their meetings, and meet with the offices of members of Congress uh, to to tell them about the banking crisis we talked about earlier, to tell them about tax issues, uh, to tell them our stories, and they really do need to meet the real business owners in the industry. Um, You know, they know our lobbyists very well, they see us all the time, but they need to meet people like you. And hear your firsthand experience about, for example, everything from running the lab to putting a product to market. Uh, So I hope, uh, hope you get a chance to make it to lobby days this year. Do you have plans to come to D.C. with us?
2: I'm marking my calendar right now as we speak.
1: That's what I like to hear. Uh, You can get more information about this year's Lobby Days. We just opened registration here in early March. It's thecannabisindustry.org slash Lobby Days 2019. So we're really excited. Um, We've got so many pieces of legislation that have been introduced that are That are pro our industry, everything from banking uh, to other issues surrounding states' rights and scheduling. Um, So it's 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 a pivotal year, and we're possibly at a big tipping point this year. Is that your sense too?
2: It is. Yes. Yes. You know, I'll say all along uh, since, I entered this industry, I've had the, the single mission of trying to normalize the cannabis experience. You know, I want people to recognize that cannabis users are no different than anybody else and cannabis products are, should be, you know, used and respected and, and, uh, and should be of, of high quality and, and, and easily accessible. And I do feel that NCIA is, is aligned with me in, in that it, vision and and i thank you for all of the work you've done to help uh promote the the normalization of of cannabis
1: well thank you for being involved and uh for listeners who want more information about nug uh where can they go find you
2: we are at nug.com that's an easy url nug.com
1: you got it we even have an office dog here at ncia named nugs with an s but (laughs) (laughs) um all right well thanks so much for being on the show today it's been great getting your perspective uh about all of your experience over the last decade or more in cannabis so thank you again and thanks to our listeners for tuning in to another episode of ncia's cannabis industry voice until next time